There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. Who are you when you get on this jet boat? You know, it's like you get on it and you just like become Steve-O all of a sudden. John, I had toilet paper. You could have just <laughs> asked me for toilet paper, point blank. Our beloved Phil responded with, if I take a shot every time someone says, yeah, man, will I die? If you're scared, go to church. If you're broke, don't message me. 1500 OBO <laughs> trades welcome. Good morning, Degenerate Anglers, and welcome to Bent, the fishing podcast that promised itself. It would be more financially responsible in the new year, but already bought two tack-to-bite fish calls on impulse from the As Seen on TV <laughs> end cap at Walgreens. I'm Joe Cermelli. And I'm Hayden Samak. And happy new year, Degenerates, and to you too, man. Happy new year. Here we are in uh, 2022. 365 new opportunities, am I right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, um, sure. And uh, we certainly hope you guys had a wonderful holiday. And mm-hmm. created beautiful memories with your friends mm-hmm. and family, the uh, you know like the vaccinated and boosted ones, I guess. <laughs> anyway, um, and and You're look, this week we, we <laughs> this week we've got a we've got a bunch of of new stuff for the new year coming at you. We've got a new segment. We've got um, new guests, new co-host. You know what I'm saying? Come, come on, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. Dude. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're still uh, you're stuck with Hayden. Um, but really, we we are very excited for the new year and the new season. I guess is this a new season? Is does a new year make a new season? Is that right? I don't even know. That's what they tell me. I, I, it, I don't it know. Is, it is officially yeah, I, a new I season. Think, <laughs> I should really check with somebody about that. But but yeah, I, mean, I, I think don't know so. what freaking difference it makes. We'll go with that. We'll say yep. uh, we'll say this new season uh, of bent. Uh, but before we get to all that. Um, you know, we, we've been on a little bit of a break at Meat Eater mm-hmm. over the holiday. They give us a nice break, Hayden and I. And um, as all you guys know, I think by now, while Hayden lives in Montana, he's a Pennsylvania boy. And despite our best efforts, we had every intention of linking up while you were uh, back here on the East Coast for the holidays. And that did not happen. 
Um, mm. You want to explain why? Should we tell the good people what, what, what went down? Well, let's start at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll go from the, that could take a little while, but go ahead. Go from the beginning. Yeah. So, uh, so we had planned to go fishing like basically as soon as I got home, but my flights got all messed up and mm-hmm. that never happened. So I came in like a day later. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You, however, did go out that day and you had a wonderful day on the water. Yeah, so the day that you were stuck in Houston, I was uh, floating a local river and just crushed some monster wild browns, including my personal best. So yes, that was that was strike one for you and I fishing yeah. together. Thank yeah. you, uh, airlines. That hurt. Um, so yeah, I missed that. Then we had a plan to do a little togging, which mm-hmm. I was really, you know, you and I have talked about this like mm-hmm. multiple times. I was very excited about that. Um, but despite the forecast looking lovely just a few days prior, shit got super nasty mm-hmm. and we wisely, scra- uh, you know, we scrapped the trip. Uh, however, we did make plans to hit the tog grounds when I got back from a little steelhead trip I was going to take the following week. So I was very hopeful for that happening. Yeah. So yeah. So we 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 pushed Tog by a week. We rescheduled because that's just December. Three days out, it looks great, and the night before, it's like, oh yeah. shit. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a little reschedule there, and uh, then it and then what happens? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I'm trying to stop saying yeah, man. I don't know if you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the comments, but folks are picking oh, up I've on seen the both the of us. Yeah, starting <laughs> half of our thoughts with yeah, man. In fact, when I put out the call to uh, you know for listeners for to get questions on our IG the other day, uh, our beloved Phil responded with, "If I take a shot every time someone says yeah, man, will I die?" Yeah, man, I think you would. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyhow, after that, let's see. Uh, I had my thirtieth birthday. Congrats! A, thank you. A wonderful Christmas, <laughs> and then I caught COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Completely yeah. just f***ing everything else up, including uh, the steelhead trip and the tog rain date. So mm-hmm. I ended up just kind of like isolating in a cabin for the remainder of my visit until I tested negative. So it was, uh, I mean, it was fine, but not great. Yeah. Uh, I hope yeah. I, I hope yours was better. Uh, what did you get up to, Joe? Well, I did a little brown trout fishing. Mm-hmm. I also did some togging. Uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. Of course, just rubbing yeah. it so, in, dude. <laughs> so we, yeah, we were supposed to go the Wednesday after Christmas, and I got the call on Monday that it was like, "Hey, man, so here's the thing: I have COVID," and I was yeah. like, "Holy shit!" And here's why I said, "Holy shit," because you were like the 900th person that said that to me over the holidays. So we we had a nice holiday with kids and the family, but I mean, it's in the back of your mind, like, "All right, where's yeah. my COVID? It's coming." And and yeah. so far, here we are, like. Me and my family have have skated, but um, you know, uh, funny funny thing, um, we ended up going on that tog trip, the one you missed, and I was the I think I was the only guy on the boat that had not already had COVID and gotten over it, and were, were like was was negative, and I was actually jealous. I'm like, damn it, I want my COVID. Like, let's just get it over with already. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I feel that. Yeah, I feel um, that. but it was a good break. We, we it was nice time, good holiday. Yeah, well, that's great, man. Uh, you know, I'm glad to hear you and your family had such a happy holiday. Well, thanks, um, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm glad you at least you know got to have yourself a merry little Christmas. I uh, I imagine uh, you're excited to head back to Montana. Yeah, <laughs> all my flights back home just keep getting serially canceled. Um, so the joy continues. 
Um, oh, yeah. I think it's fair to point out, since you just mentioned that, mm -hmm. you're not there yet. You're heading back. This is after the new year, and you are still in Pennsylvania because your flight yep. have, flights have been canceled so many times. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm still stuck here. But, uh, you know, if there's one thing that is cheering me up a little bit, uh, it's all my friends. They've been posting ice fishing pictures. Yeah. So all the lakes in Montana are basically frozen up, and that means that pretty soon I'm going to be out on the ice, and I'm particularly excited about that, and I think you know why. Well, I do. Oh, I know. I know. One reason is because you you were hoping to maybe ice fish while you were home, and I kept telling you, bro, it's yeah, yep. sixty five degrees here. There is no ice between here and Buffalo. I promise. You were right. Um, but I also imagine you're itching to use some of that sweet gear you got from Thirteen Fishing. Is that the reason? Yep. Yep. Very mm -hmm. much so. I've been just like patiently waiting since the day I got it to break it out, and it seems like the time is finally here. Yep. Um, I know I've said it at least twice on here, but. Those finesse baits they sent over are just like the fishiest things I've ever seen. Oh yeah, dude! How, I mean, how cool are those flash bangs, right? That's exactly mm -hmm. that, that is exactly what I was thinking of. Those are like by far my favorites. I just think that they're they're like well made, you know. Uh, like you get one in your hand and you're just like, yup, yup. I'll just jump in real quick and say that even the small soft plastics made for ice fishing, dude. I was using a few open water for crappies over holiday break. Like they're I great there too. They're I great saw there that. too. I saw yep. that. Yeah, and they also don't cost like a shit ton either. You no. know, I think I think the flashbangs were eight bucks. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it seems like you could, you go to like a tackle shop; those still exist. You go to a tackle shop and you buy mm. like a bucktail or whatever, and they're all like hand spun with unicorn mane and like <laughs> <laughs> made with lead from Mars, and they all cost like a hundred bucks. You know, these babies are the working man's jigging spoon, right? The discerning working man's jigging spoon, right there. Yes, exactly. Well, um, yeah, super, yeah. super good deal. Um, anyway, look, I'm sorry you had kind of a shitty trip out here, and, and I'm, I'm glad you're healthy and getting after it soon on the hard water. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what, as shitty as your trip may have been, it wasn't anywhere near as shitty in the literal sense as the trip <laughs> that our uh, colleague, former guide, and good friend Michael, come on, that's actually his last name, like, come on, man, um, is about sure to loves recount that. in this week's Smooth Moves. Why did you do that? Why? Why did you do that, Terry? Oh my God! All right, so we're here with uh, my buddy Michael Kaman, who is our partnerships coordinator over here at Meat Eater, but was also for many years a fishing guide. Uh, I just gotta jump in and say I just learned this. Like I work with Mike too, <laughs> although like digitally because i'm not in montana i'm like the east coast milton with my stapler out here mm -hmm. so i had no idea that mike was a fishing guy like we email frequently about all sorts of things fishing and work related and i'm like he was a guide yeah what all the time we've emailed back and forth joe it's nice to finally put a face with the name he was just telling me he went he bought a chug norris lore which was on end of the line and nice. at my recommendation and took it to costa rica and banged a bunch of mahi on it oh shit sure did Nice. Yep. yep. Joe's on yeah. it with the Chug Norris. Chug, Chug Norris. Norris. <laughs> the answer to all things. <laughs> anyway, this is cool. It was surprising and cool. And I'm like, I'm, I'm pumped that we're doing this. Where, where were you guiding, man? Uh, well, I was a backcountry guide for many years. So I guided uh, in Wyoming and in Montana here, uh, mostly in the Bob Marshall Wilderness. Cool. Uh, and then also rode a boat for quite a few years here in the Bozeman area. So on the Yellowstone River and the uh, Madison River and fished a lot on the Gallatin. 
Nice. So right in the thick of it, right? Like right in like the, like the most overcrowded rivers in the state. You bet. Yeah. The, the, where we have lots of competition and, uh, you know, you have a better odds of uh, finding a fishing guide than you do of probably anything else here in, in Montana, you know, you yeah, know as you start asking around people, you know, it's, uh, it's a pretty, pretty thick crowd here in town. Yep. So, so Joe, Mike was telling me this story when we were, uh, we were actually Elcon when you told me this story. And I immediately knew Joe has to hear this because this is just perfect. I, I have no idea what's coming, but I'm, I can't wait. I trust you, man. I trust you. I can't wait to hear this. Uh, it's right up your alley. Shoot. Lay it on us, dude. So as we all know, you know, as a, as a guide, we, we try and do as much as we can for our clients all the time. And uh, sometimes we uh, do that unbeknowing what actually might happen. So uh, on this particular day we uh had a couple of clients we were doing a, a walkway trip so uh you know just uh on our own two feet kind of walking up and down the river and uh tend to spend more time with one client for maybe 30 minutes or an hour and then you kind of bounce back to the other client and sure so i was uh fishing with two guys this one day they were friends from out of town and um earlier in the day one of the guys had asked me if i had a uh, had a pair of gloves that he could borrow he said sure of course you know i'm yeah. not gonna let a guy go with cold hands and <laughs> So I had an extra <laughs> pair of gloves that I that I let him borrow, and uh, you know I thought. What he was time gonna... of year was this, Mike? Was it like gloves weather? Obviously, glove or... weather. Yeah, it was. It was in. Uh, it was in the fall. I think. Uh, gosh, I think it was about mid October, something like that. So okay. out here in Montana, getting to that cold time, uh, especially guys That's out right, of you know, out of town. You're right. with... I I completely forgot that like only mid July isn't glove weather. <laughs> so. My That's bad. Right. So it was it was not <laughs> July fifteenth to the twentieth. So we were wearing gloves. Right. Yep. And, <laughs> and so uh, so it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that he was going to need a pair of gloves for the day to to warm up his his hands and uh, especially with the cold water that we have out here. And uh, so I let him borrow with gloves. And um, while I was up spending time with the other client, uh, you know, I didn't think anything of it and uh, went back to. To uh, see how this one gentleman was doing a little bit later on, and uh, he proceeds to hand me one glove back. Uh, like the Michael Jackson thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, without the dance moves, though. And, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I asked him, I said, well, where, John, where did the other glove go? And he said, oh, well, I had to take a shit. I said... <laughs> Okay, well, where'd the other glove go? <laughs> and he said, well, I needed to wipe my ass with something. Oh, I would just call that point blank rude. That's just rude. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, so I just pretty much handed him the one glove back and said, you know what? You can keep it. It's my tip to you. And uh, yeah, so uh, I also said, John, I had Toilet paper. You could have just <laughs> asked me for toilet paper, point blank. You didn't have to go the glove route. And uh, so I have quickly learned that if somebody asks you to borrow a pair of gloves, ask them what they are going to do with it. <laughs> this is like, this is almost as close as it comes to literally wiping your client's ass. Yeah, it pretty is. much. Yeah. And we haven't had a good shit story in a while, so this is very refreshing. <laughs> we were kind of overdue for excrement, you know what I mean? Uh, but that's ex Ew. that's extremely that's extremely rude, and like that is why buffs were invented. The only reason <laughs> to ever have a buff on 
And I don't give a shit, pardon the pun, if it's a Sims buff or a buff buff or whoever, everybody make you can buy them at Walgreens. Like, that's why you spend that money to wear that around your neck. Like, that's what that's for, is toilet paper. It's a lot so easier than was, a sleeve. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, like, to me, it's like that guy, nobody told that guy, if you fly fish, you have to wear a buff, you know? Yeah, well. So he, like, you're kind of at fault there, too. You should have been like, where's your buff? Yeah, well, where's once Orvis, I guess, starts making them, maybe they'll, you know, we'll see them more <laughs> on, the, on the fly fishing scene, you know? I think I have an Orvis buff or had one. Uh, the other thing I'll say, too, is um, as gross as that is and as rude as that is, Maybe you guys have the same thing. Like, I'm weird about fishing with gloves on. I hate it. Can't do I it. hate mm-hmm. fishing with gloves on and will avoid it at all costs. And I have one pair, I forget if they're Kenai or what they are, but they weren't anything fancy and they're fingerless gloves. And they are the only gloves that I am really comfortable fishing in, whether mm-hmm. it's saltwater or fly fishing or whatever. And like, they are so precious because of that. I've basically done everything with them but wipe my ass. And like, even if I had to wipe my ass with them, I'd have to bag them and bring them home because, like, a good pair of fishing gloves, it's very hard to find. I, I would, opinion. I would recommend if you are going to use a pair of gloves, don't use fingerless gloves to wipe your ass, Joe. <laughs> well, yeah, that's if it's on your hand. Wait a minute, now you just you just open up a whole other can of worms. Do you do you figure that he used your glove like a, like a single piece of Charmin, or did he put his hand in the glove? And then wipe his ass with the hand in the glove, which would be more pressure and probably clear off more shit. I've, I guess in my mind, I've just envisioned the this hand is... in the glove, <laughs> using it like a glove. This is yeah. a horrible, horrible conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful, and I appreciate it very much. Dude, what the hell is wrong with folks, man? That's crazy. I I ask myself that question at least 10 times every time I go out in public. You know what I mean? It's mind-blowing to me. L- lose a sock or something, bro. Use some leaves. Right. Something. Anything else. <laughs> like I said, this is why buffs were invented. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's what they're great for. Anyway, uh, let's move off of this. Let's move off okay, of this okay. topic. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, speaking of wiping... I'm about to wipe the floor with you, Joe. Ooh, sassy. Mm-hmm. That's right, boys and girls. It's time for that weekly competition we call Fish News. Fish News! That escalated quickly. All righty then. First news of uh, 2022. How fresh <laughs> and exciting Ventura. is that? Yeah, little Ventura. Bumbleway at Chuna. Um, good. You don't catch Christmas vacation, but you get Ace Ventura. You've heard about the Christmas vacation thing. I know you've heard it from several people. Oh, but yeah. It's impossible for you to have not seen that. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> before we get started, though, I just wanted to drop a little plug, if I may, um, for a piece that I published on the Meat Eater website this week, which is Ooh. is rare. And I know this. Is I it? am a writer. Yeah. Well, it is. I am a writer. Um, that seems to have little time to write anymore because I'm busy <laughs> doing other things. Um, but I am trying to get in the, uh, back into that groove a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and earlier in this this very show, you had mentioned the brown trout fishing that you missed. Well, the story I posted this week is tied to that trip. Um, and I'm making the case, right, that if you want to become a better fly fisherman, with streamers in particular, put down the fly rod and throw lures and bait. So how's that? Oh. What does the guy who insists that there's there's no better way to catch a trout than with a fly rod have to say about that? I'm curious. Well, um, <laughs> I I you know I, I, honestly, God man, I'll tell you what if you uh if you go back in that Ben email uh, inbox that we so religiously check, 
you will see a email that I reply to. And in mm-hmm. that email, uh, a, a listener was asking me what he could do to, you know, kind of up his odds of being successful in fly fishing as he, you know, got more into it. And one of the things that I suggested is to go find a pond, scout it out using bait and bobbers, find the fish, and then like learn how to fish for him. So I do think that uh, that being a bait fisherman will in fact make you a better fly fisherman. I, I don't know, man. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Is that the same guy that you told to watch a whole bunch of Joan Wolf videos on VHS or something? Yeah, shit, yeah, I did. And you know what else? <laughs> if that pisses you off, fuck you. <laughs> it doesn't Anybody piss who's me like, off at all. Oh, I just found no, it amusing. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to everybody right now. I'm, I'm ready to fight, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, because sometimes Wolf, Hayden, die, will, man. Hayden will reply to a bent email, and I'll see the reply later. And there was one I was like, Joan Wolf on Betamax? What are you telling this poor guy? Anyway, oh, yeah, man. anyway, anyway, I hope some of you guys checked it out on the uh, meteor.com. It was um, enjoyable to get back to my roots a bit and, <laughs> and write something other than a podcast segment for a change. Uh, so let's uh, let's get into the news. It's a new year. Uh, will there be a new Phil Taylor to judge us? Has he reinvented himself for 2022? <laughs> Uh, we will find out because remember, this is a competition. Hayden and I do not know which news weapons the other guy is bringing to this fight. And uh, it's your leadoff, I believe, this week, which is an advantage for you. So, mm-hmm. what do you got, bro? What do you got? Okay, this one's for Joan Wolf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Joe. So, this week, I kind of have like a quick hit from, for you from the, uh, from the state of Texas. The stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> if I hadn't used that clip from Pee Wee Herman so many times already, I would, I would have Phil sub it in here again, but we'll skip it. Did, did I tell you what happened when that episode played? I was in the car with my buddy, the one that you used that for uh, previously. Uh, I was in the car with my buddy who's from Oklahoma mm-hmm. and dude, <laughs> that clip played and it was like, he remembered he was in a cult. Like immediately <laughs> he just started like, and he clapped at one point. I, I, the, the whole <laughs> Yeah. Dude, you gotta do that. Absolutely. Dude, it, it was super weird. Like it like just flipped a switch in his lizard brain, man. And he went straight <laughs> You know, we might not teach you shit about fishing, but if we can take you back to Pee Wee's Big Adventure for just one second, you know, we're doing God's work yeah. here. Any, anyway, anyway, I'm sorry. So, yeah, go, yeah, go on with the news, please. <laughs> so according to the Dallas Morning News, residents of Texarkana witnessed what is known as an animal rain. And what is that, you may ask? It is not a period of time in which animals ruled with an iron fist, but rather... <laughs> But rather the actual reigning of animals as like like they fell from the heavens. Hmm. I'm I'm glad you clarified that. It'd be it'd be spelled <laughs> differently if it was raining like you know, like rain and blood uh yeah. from Slayer. But okay. Yeah. Yes. Or just raining. Raining or just raining. Yeah. You can borrow <laughs> yeah, my I, slicker. Uh okay, so animals are falling from the sky. Go on. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to get folks confused. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the residents found the ground like littered with fish after thunderstorms rolled through the Texarkana uh, area last Wednesday. Over a dozen people called in to report it. Now, here's the weird thing, though. I mean, like animals falling from the sky is pretty weird. But like, here's the other weird thing. 
an animal rain is typically like very uh, like explicable. Mm-hmm. Uh, a storm rolls in, generates a water spout over nearby body of water. The water spout sucks in the fish and deposits them in where I think most fish would consider an undesirable uh, location. Like Texarkana? Is that undesirable? Like Texarkana. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Texarkana. We're kidding. <laughs> we're, we're talking about just land in general. It's not a dig. Uh, but here's the weird thing. Uh, meteorologists issued no water spout warnings in the area. Mm. And looking back on the data have since struggled to find any indicator of the type of conditions that would cause one to develop. Now, it's unclear as to uh, whether people reporting this phenomenon actually saw the fish falling from the sky or simply walked outside and found a bunch of fish where they weren't supposed to be, which leads to another possible explanation, that being uh, rising floodwaters move the fish out of water bodies they inhabited, then stranded them on shore after the flood receded. This would seem plausible, Except for the fact that there was no reported flooding. Ah, plot thickens. Mm-hmm. Plot thickens. Of this mystery, meteorologist Brandon Thorne said, quote, We're kind of confused as to how it happened as well, to be honest. <laughs> Which is exactly how I hope like the official statement reads. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, despite the fact that we know meteorologists are generally never, ever wrong, Oh. I'm going to assume that there was a water spout that happened that their model didn't pick up because that seems way more plausible than people not noticing a flood. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I, so this, I, I heard about this story. Like, I didn't, I didn't read it at all. Um, uh, but we've, we've covered some similar things in the past about fish falling out of the sky. And there's always that stuff on the Science Channel, like about mm-hmm. you know, weird blobs that fell from the sky in 1952. 12, yeah, uh, yeah, well, 1912 exactly. And, yeah, 1912. And, You're right. It was London. 1912. Now that I think about it, um, you know. So I, I will say, I will say that I'm, I'm, I'm curious now because we've ruled out the two things that it most likely uh, could be. So I'm curious to see where we're going here. Yeah, I, I think they just didn't like notice a water spout on their model or like. I don't know. Nature did some like weird shit that wasn't like immediately detectable. Right. Okay. So to close out uh, this story, I want to read a direct passage from the article in the Dallas Morning News here. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says, Devin Sewell, a sales manager uh, at the Ormax car dealership in Texarkana, (laughs) said he thought a neighboring business had thrown out fish between two and six inches long into the roadway when he walked outside Wednesday afternoon. Quote sounds like some Reno 911 <laughs> shit. <laughs> then he goes on to say, uh, this is a quote from Sewell. He says, Then I started looking on the ground and there were fish everywhere for about a hundred yards. Sewell said the falling fish have been the talk of the town and that people have been getting a kick out of the quirky phenomenon. It's What's going not, to there's probably not a whole much you know, a lot of other stuff going on in Texarkana <laughs> to talk about. Yeah. He says, uh, what's going to stink is I'm going to have to clean these fish out of the back of these trucks now, Sewell said. That's well, my good, well, good on him for having <laughs> trucks at the Ormax car dealership in this time of, of, of car and truck shortages. True. So he's True. ahead of the game there. You know what I mean? True. Should we should we just make like a plug for the uh, <laughs> for the Ormax car dealership? I'm kind of shopping for a new truck. I might head <laughs> down there. Well, <laughs> I'll take them. Keep the fish in the back, bro. Which, by the way, what kind of fish are they? 
Have you said? No, you know, honestly, I I didn't uh, I, I didn't notice what kind. They look like some like little. Uh, they were gizzard like, chad. Gizzard chad. I, I was just gonna say they were gizzard chad. I didn't even read it, and I saw. I, I'm pretty sure they were gizzard chad. That's which that's primo well. bait. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Although I'll tell you what, man, there's nothing more difficult than keeping those things alive without like a good like aeration system, man. Those things you'd look at them wrong and they'd die. Um. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, You've kept a, you've kept a lot of gizzard chad, yeah, a handful. <laughs> well, not like a bunch, but like you know, I've tried to go catfish with them like several times. <laughs> Just busting your balls. Go ahead. I have indeed kept uh, my fair share of gizzard chad. Anyway, I also thought uh, being okay. There's not a lot of meat on this uh, on the bone for this story, right? Like there was probably water spout. Fish fell onto the town. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's raining fish. That's crazy." The end. I thought it would be fun to mention three uh, notable instances of animal rain that happened in the past. Uh, if we could get a drum roll, please. <laughs> I have fun with it this week, man. Totally necessary, but that's all right. Yep. God. Instance one in May of 2015 in the southern Tablelands region of Australia, they were treated to a spring or I, I guess fall shower in the way of millions of spiders okay bro come on man (laughs) work with me here bro (laughs) i'm working and listening we work together all right well the drum roll in september of 2016 in philadelphia a woman was struck by a catfish that appeared to have fallen from the sky although realistically that that could have been thrown by anybody in philly like i feel like we'd like to throw. i was gonna say i'm pretty sure that was my friend pete sharf aka melvin the fisherman on instagram shout out to him he just catches flatheads and throws them off the overpass on the on 767 or 676 or whatever it is i'm just kidding I hope that's not true. Uh, (laughs) Of the incident, uh, the victim of the errant catfish, Lisa Lobree, said, suddenly I was slammed by something. I was like, what? I was freaking out. Uh, That's a great quote. It is a great quote. It's a deep quote from Lisa. (laughs) This one's even better. (laughs) Here's my favorite of the three, entirely because of the quote. In August of 2007, the residents of Jennings, Louisiana, were treated to a refreshing sprinkle of worms. One of the eyewitnesses was a cop who was quoted as saying, when I saw they were crawling, I said, it's worms. Get out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's a that's a that's a pretty good one. Um, Yeah. So, well. I think we're we're lacking a bit of closure on exactly what happened there in Texarkana, but that's okay. It's always fun to I don't talk think about they know. these. I don't, I, I they don't, don't they but I, I think it's always good to talk about these weekly world news style uh, stories every once in a while. Um, I have personal experience actually with um, with fish rain. Believe it or not, Do I don't you? know if I've ever told you this. Yeah. So the Sunday right before Christmas, we were brown trout fishing, and I was making it just rain slob brown trout. And had your oh, flight not a, been delayed, you would have been there. You are such a dick. <laughs> to get in on the slob brown trout rain. Uh, anyway, that was fun, wasn't it? Please enter your password. You have one unheard message. Hey, guys. This is from HR. Uh, for the last time, you need to stop making fun of Seth and Chester for... Let me pull up the complaint real quick. For catching dink walleye? Seriously? This is a verbal warning. Please do not make me escalate this. 
All right. Have a great day. Bye. End of message. Delete. Press 7. Save. Deleted. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today because trust me there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth there's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the sunshine state or any other destination on your fishing bucket list book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids with over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Where am I going to go with this now? How do I follow up fish rain? Um, fish falling from the sky to, f- to fish we can no longer catch. Terrible transition, Oof. but I don't I don't care because damn it no, I think I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna I'm trying to win this week. Uh, so here's an interesting tidbit all the way from Hawaii, okay, uh, via khon2.com. As of January 1, 2022, get this: it is now illegal to fish for sharks in Hawaiian state waters. Okay. Bullshit. Now, th- that's kind of a big deal, right? Yeah. Now, Hawaii has already passed bills uh, in the in the recent past to try and stop illegal commercial trade of sharks and shark byproducts. But as far as I know, could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty confident here. This is the first time in history a U.S. state has made it illegal to knowingly, and knowingly is the key word, target or capture any species of shark. Um, of course, part of this is also to crack down on sharks getting caught as bycatch and gill nets, but it certainly applies to rod and reel angling. So this was all passed under Act 51, House Bill 533, and the specific wording is this, um, except as provided in subsection F, which I'll get to in a second, 
or as otherwise provided by law, no person shall intentionally or knowingly capture or entangle any shark, whether alive or dead, or kill any shark within state marine waters. Any person violating this section or any rule adopted pursuant to this section shall be guilty of a misdemeanor, right? Now, subsection F, this is referring to the ability, you you can still obtain, I guess, um, special activity permits to target sharks, but there's not much detail on, on how you'd qualify for those, but my guess would be that's for, you know, tagging yeah. and research studies, right? Things like that. So uh, here's a quote from the story. The purpose of the ban is to protect sharks for their ecological value while not criminalizing the accidental capture and release of sharks that may be captured while fishing for other species as allowed by statute or rule. So if you accidentally hook a shark while fishing for something else, no problem. Uh, But as I understand it, this now states that you can no longer in Hawaii set out to target sharks specifically. And I got to say, um, that's not a, a super easy thing to enforce, at least in my opinion, because some yeah. people might assume, um, well, you know, if a, if a guy's telling me he's fishing for grouper, right, but he's using wire or cable, he's probably lying, right? right? But these days, it's fair to keep in mind that, that many shark fishermen um, will tell you they get more bites on super heavy fluorocarbon, even I've done this, and a big-ass circle hook than they do on wire and cable. It's kind of been proven that if you know how to rig right, you don't need the heavy cable and the heavy metal to get it done. So well, yeah, I, 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 guess, I guess you wouldn't, right? Because if that circle hook is just straight up in the corner of their mouth. If it does its job, although I lost the the, the only make I ever hooked on my boat because of that. But for the it most does. part, if it does its job, if it does its job and it seats properly, um, and we used to use like we're talking about, you know, commercial like long line thickness yeah, circle yeah. hooks, big ass circle hooks on you know three hundred pound fluoro. But if it seats properly, most of the time you will land that shark if that's what you intend to do. Um, so I think that it it could be. A tricky thing to prove in in some cases. Now, here's the thing. Uh, while that's certainly you know a, a big deal, especially in Hawaii where there's there's so many varieties of sharks, they're so common, they're all over the place. Uh, I'm also not going to lie. I'm a little bit torn about this story, right? Yeah. Um, and I can't help but think about the reaction to such a ban in the lower 48. And on one hand. We, we've talked about this a bunch. I totally agree that sharks need protection, right? Yeah. There, there's no doubt that it, on, on this planet, sharks need protection right now. I think they need it against large-scale commercial operations, global finning operations, more than anything, not recreational fishing. And I, I feel that way about a, lo- a lot of different species. It's not really the wreck guys that are the the ultimate no. problem. Um and and while I think it's fair to say that the overall amount of serious shark fishermen in the U.S. is dwindling, it's it's mm-hmm. it's just not what it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. There are still hot spots with thriving cultures tied to sharking, and and while there are always going to be some assholes, right? To put it bluntly, most of the guys I know that still spend a lot of time targeting sharks these days are some of the most conservation-minded anglers that you'll ever meet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they they take the well being of the sharks they catch very seriously. Um, you know, thinking back to the biggest fish I ever caught was a ten foot hammerhead 
from the sand in Florida with my buddy Zach Miller. That's how we met. Zach's been on this show a bunch of times. Uh-huh. And to this day, I'm I'm really sad. I don't have a great picture of myself with that fish. I have one sort of blurry half-assed shot <laughs> because even though these guys who, who do this are so gung-ho about it, right? Um they they need they want and need that shark to swim away clean. You can't kill yeah. that species. You can fish for it, and they understand that if a dead you know hammerhead washes up two days later, it's going to be in the news and it's going to paint the guys who who shark fish in in bad light. So I mean, after a long fight, this fish came in and it was like wham bam gone. Like these guys wanted it back in the water asap. You know, and then you look at. Other guys like Conway Bowman, who's been on the show, he, mm-hmm. he pioneered fly fishing for mako sharks in California, one of the most conservation-focused people. You pass a band like that here, he's done. You know what I mean? He can't yeah. He can't even do that anymore. Um, you know, you, you, you pass a band like that in Florida, you're destroying a community of, of the land-based guys that have existed for decades. So in a way, I understand that what I'm saying right now is kind of, of two-faced because I do strongly agree with shark conservation. Um, I'm fully on board with not killing them, but I mean, I have a three-year-old son who's enamored with sharks. I was enamored with sharks growing up. I look forward to him being old enough to tangle with one. You know what I mean? We don't have to kill it. We're not, we we don't have to do that, but I, I still, as an angler and a salty guy would be sad if that opportunity was, was completely taken off the table. You know what I mean? So I think it's interesting what they've done here in Hawaii, but I'm also a little bit like, ah, you know, I don't, I don't want to see that go away for the, the guys that care and can do it responsibly. I don't think you're being two faced, man. I think like you're, you're being nuanced. You know, mm-hmm. there, there is a huge difference, you know, between somebody trying to catch something and experience that animal in a recreational pursuit. Yeah, you experience what it is. You feel the power. You appreciate yeah. what you've got on the end of the line. But you know, you're not trying to bring that fish harm. Right, right, and and, and like you know, somebody finning sharks. Those two things are wildly different to me. One is uh, more appreciative, and one is like obviously exploitative. Um, yeah, but I also, I mean, I do sympathize. I understand that that you know, with a lot of rules for for a lot of things, be it animals or fish or whatever. Sometimes it's very hard to make everybody happy. You know what I mean? It, you you kind of have to sometimes go with an all or nothing approach. And, uh, you know, I, I think maybe that's the case here in Hawaii. You know, it, it kind of goes back to, do you remember a couple weeks ago or maybe a couple months ago, that story, the, I think it was your story. Uh, they, they did a survey of charter captains. Oh, how do and, you feel when the shark takes your grouper off the line survey? <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> I don't yeah. like when that happens. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah, I, I remember. And, and they were kind of implying that, like, people who have experienced that would develop such a strong anti-shark sentiment yeah. that they would go out and purposely, like, target sharks to get them out of the area. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know any Florida captains or otherwise that would, would do that. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder if there's, like, a similar sort of logic that's, like, kind of permeating, you know, this decision. Personally, man, you know, I, I've never gone out and targeted sharks, but I, I think one day, you know, I'd like to. I got a cousin down in, like, Boca who he actually does a bunch of sword fishing, and he's been kind of crushing them lately. It's pretty cool. But 
you know, I'd like to go down there and maybe catch a shark with them. Yeah, you just want to have that option too, you know. And, and uh, again, we're, you know, we're 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 at. I don't want to make it sound like this is eminent in all states. Right. It's not. I'm just sort of supposing and thinking ahead, like, you know, even down in the Keys and stuff like that. For the most part, guys aren't really messing with sharks. But every once yeah. in a while, you know, you get that that tourist charter with mm-hmm. with the kids, and that's what they want to do. You're having a cold yeah. front day. You can go. You can go play with sharks. So. um would I ultimately be sad if it was like nobody's allowed to kill one, any species, any kind again? No, that wouldn't that wouldn't bother me as much as someone saying you can't go out there and do that. You yeah, can't even like, target them. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like we're talking about bull trout here. You know, we're 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 not talking about something that has like not a talking particular... about bull trout, and I'm talking about sharking. Yeah, yeah, we're, you we're, know yeah, what that's we, from? No, I have no idea people weigh in go ahead joe and listeners i'm sorry to disappoint you yet again um you know we're not talking about something that really has a particular like conservation designation i mean sure some sharks do right Uh, obviously but a lot of like the sharks that are commonly caught like don't fall into that like my buddy uh jack one of his only like fishing stories he can tell me he's not really an angler he's somebody who went and did it on vacation was like about a lemon shark that he caught Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with catching a lemon shark yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of sharks. Um, you know, I see a lot of stuff on YouTube now and again on 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 catch and cook black tips down in Florida. You know what I mean? They're oh, not endangered. There's there's plenty of them. Um, you know, well, so anyhow, it, it is definitely case by case. But interesting uh, that that Hawaii went that way. You know, uh, I'm I'm curious to see if that becomes a a model for anything else. And I'm I'm also curious to um, to see to see. You know, is fill into fish falling from the sky or, uh, you know, protecting the man eaters? I, I really don't know. We're going to hear from Phil for the first time in the new year with uh, new eyes, new perspective. See, see what Phil has to say. Phil's, pro- <laughs> Phil's nice. listening Wait to this right now going like, I don't give a shit about your news section. <laughs> Stop teeing me up so hard. Um, but then as soon as we're done, I'll tell you what, we're going to go into the sale bin mm. and we're going to take a wild ride. We're going to take a wild ride to start the new year with the sale bin. Hayden, even you knew. I could hear it in your voice. The win this week is going to Joe Cermelli. <laughs> Sorry, Hayden, but I do have a consolation prize. Recreational marijuana is now legal in Montana. So, congratulations. You can finally stop hitting up your cousin in Boca or buying that skunk weed from Lance V that he steals from his mom. Well, why did you put the head in the paper if you don't know what I'm getting at? Well, you, you didn't have to be so hurtful with me, so angry. I'm going to start off this sale bin with a broad generalization. And while it may mildly upset some folks, I'm thinking, or at least hoping, I guess, that that most of you are going to say, yep, Joe's right, okay? And that generalization is that people who own jet boats are cowboys, okay? Yes. It's as if the jet boat, I don't know, like gives them license to thwart common sense and other safety measures associated with normal boating, right? Mm-hmm. And just say, just say, f- it. Um, I have on more than one occasion just stood staring at a low ass river and thought the idea of running any hard bottom boat with a fast engine here is nuts. Yeah. And the answer I get every time I voice that concern, whoever I'm with, is basically, don't worry about it, bro. I got a jet boat. You know what I mean? Like, it's it just. Yeah. Have you ever spent any time, have you fished on a jet boat before or run a jet boat? 
You know, I have not personally uh, ridden in a jet boat. However, like being so close to the Yellowstone, I see a lot of them. Um, but I'm I'm also like very familiar with like that mentality. I know two folks at the office <laughs> <laughs> who will remain nameless, uh, who sort of recently took that a little bit too far and found themselves ordering some spare parts. Yeah, and I f- I feel like that that happens a lot. Like nobody ever comes out completely like unscathed if you if you mm-hmm. run it long enough. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I don't know. I feel like there's there's no running a jet conservatively, right? It's either yeah. balls to the wall. Or nothing, and I've listened to so many jet boat owners uh, back that up with with bravado, right? Like even my <laughs> even my buddy Captain Eric Kerber or uh, Eric Garber, as you like to call him. Stop. Um, it. He mentioned that, by the way, on the Tog trip that you missed. Did he's he? not mad at you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but he used to run a jet boat as part of his charter business on the river here. Now, on like on his bigger ocean boat. He's a very safety-oriented guy. Like, it's, like, top priority. But when he had that river jet, all he (laughs) talked about was, like, cutting the engine to slide over a rock bar in three inches of water doing 80 miles an hour. It's like, woo! You know what I mean? Like... I, I I don't understand it. It's like the dude who who hits the emergency brake in the snow on mm-hmm. a road to like take a turn that way. Yeah. It's like holy shit! Like, dude, who are you? Like, when you get on this jet boat, you know, it's like you get on it and you just like you get on a jet and become Stevo all of a sudden or something. <laughs> I think there's like something about like an inhibition just just going out the window as soon as you're like. But see, they're not they're not indestructible though. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's I, I don't understand. It's like it it doesn't mean you can go anywhere. Yeah, but it's like at a lack speed. of a, Yeah, but I mean like, you know, it, it, most of this shit is like, oh, I don't want to ding my prop. You know what I mean? Like well, I don't want to yeah. ding my prop. I don't want like, you know, to take the whole back out of this thing. And once like that's out of the equation and people are just like I'm just half a bullet right now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right, but Okay, you take the prop out of the equation, mm-hmm. but like if you don't make it over the rock bar doing 50, it's just going to eject you to your death. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's <laughs> I don't know. I I I'm not I'm not a cowboy with anything I do. Um but it, look, in case you haven't already guessed it, right? Today's sailbin item is in fact a jet boat. Um but the way it's presented is perfect. Yeah. Because it backs up every single thing um, that we've just talked about and I've just said. And this was sent to us by listener Nick Shimp. Okay. It's listed on Facebook Marketplace in Afton, Illinois. And right out of the gate, the title is 1996 John Jet with two T's <laughs> in Jet, thereby riffing off of rocker Joan Jet. Joan Jet. Now, the seller is asking 1,500 clams for this souped-up John, uh, but uh, while the description is short and sweet, it's poetry. It's pure poetry. Would you like to do the honors on, on the, the description here? I would. I would. P- please. Okay. <clears throat> it reads, sketchy cars not your thing? <laughs> doing, <laughs> doing 60 on a moped a no for you? That's okay. I got sketchy water stuff, too. Sketchy water stuff. <laughs> 300 cc Kawasaki jet ski running gear in a 12-foot John boat. No. Oh. So this isn't even... No. This is no. this is bootleg. Yeah, we'll get there. Oh, it's totally bootleg. <laughs> no leaks. Runs out nice. Turns great. Shallow water running SOB. 
Yeah. So so he's created it's a John Boat jet ski hybrid, which I mean that that is so Waterworld like slash Mad Max. I love it. Um, but I mean, even the guy selling it has basically admitted that it's it's sketchy AF, as the kids say, which which may be what prompted his closing words in the description, right? And this is this is an incredible. So he ends with this: If you're scared, go to church. If you're broke, don't message me. Fifteen hundred OBO <laughs> trades welcome, and that's it. It's funny, man, because when you look at the photo and there's only one photo of right, this thing, right, yeah, you would never know it was tricked out. It just looks like a shitty old like aluminum John with shag carpet glued over the bench seat. I honestly don't really understand how you even control this thing. Yeah, without having more photos, I I don't really see it. I can't get my mind around it either. There's just a bunch of 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 janky wiring and electrical tape spewing out from around. Just one of those cheap ass folding boat seats that's been bolted in the middle. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I I I, I would love to know what's up. So somebody please buy this. Somebody out there please buy this. Uh, and report back because it's either a death trap or the coolest thing ever. It really could could go <laughs> either way. Do you know how many emails we're about to get suggesting that we buy it for DOS Boat? Ah, uh, dude, every yeah, everything that we post that floats, somebody says like that should <laughs> be your next DOS, the next DOS Boat. <laughs> um, but dude, I'd be down for this one. Yeah. I mean, it'd, it'd it'd be a scream. Um, anyway, Nick, thanks so much for sending this one our way. Uh, and, and listen, if you have a sailbin item that you'd like us to see from your favorite online classified or or just or. just came to me. How about a story of some crazy shit you've experienced on a jet boat? We'd love mm. to hear that too. Please send those along to bent at com. If you're scared, go to church. If you're broke, don't message me. <laughs> that should be a bumper sticker. That was my favorite part of that entire sail bin. Um, that was a really good one. Anyway, Ooh, listen, hilarious. we're gonna we're gonna close out our first show of uh 2022 with a, a fresh segment, new segment, that we've been hinting at for uh, for a little while now. Yeah, man. It's oh, uh, drink. What? If this was the drinking game that Phil proposed, you would have to drink because you oh. just said, uh, yeah, man. Anyway, by the way, I don't, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but an, you know, you know, okay. do you know another listener reached out and said that I should have you put a buck in a jar every time you say, yeah, man? I, I saw that. I thought it was we, five bucks. But maybe it was five bucks, and then we could use it to fund bent merch or a trip or something. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to ask anybody to count the yeah mans because I jokingly asked you guys to count something else that was said a lot one time, and like did a you? few people did it, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry to waste your day. Like you must have had better things to do than that. So don't count anyway. I'm sorry, yeah. I threw you off. We were no, saying no, no, we were no, doing it, a thing. It, it's okay. That's funny. Uh, listeners at home. You can play along with our drinking game. Listeners driving, don't drink and drive. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, anyhow, yeah, it's a segment we're calling the Bent Helpline. Um, now, we've been asking you guys to submit questions for it. Uh, Joe, I put out a call on the old Insta Slam a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and just got lit up by questions. Uh, yep. That was awesome. Keep sending those. Uh, and we've been getting some on the Bent email inbox as well. Uh, we plan to read one, or if you send a voice memo, play one at the yep. end of each show and do our best to give you a somewhat useful answer. I think you're going to be getting more <laughs> of those from Joe than me, but I'll try my best too. So, uh, without further ado, here we go. What are you laughing at, Martini? You're not an idiot. Huh? You're not a damn loony now, boy. You're a fisherman. <laughs> What's your emergency? 
All right. So welcome to the inaugural edition of the Bent Helpline. Uh, it's a it's a big day, man. And somebody's going to get to be first. I'm really excited for this, man. You know, if I was <laughs> listening, like this is the kind of thing that I would want. And, you know, I, I, I hope we can deliver, Joe. What do you think, man? Oh, I think, I, well, I don't know if we can deliver because we don't really know as much <laughs> as people think we do. But I will say this, right? In, in just a short time since we started asking for questions, yeah. you and I have sat around and been like, holy shit, there's so many good questions. Like in yeah. just such a short span of time, um, we grappled with the first one because we've gotten so many good ones from so many different angles, oh. which is cool because it changes yeah. up all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I literally before recording this, we sat around for like 30 minutes talking about like, oh, what well, this one, this one, this one. We yeah. want to answer them all. So good. We appreciate you guys for that. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. And keep them coming. We want to answer them all. But uh, going forward, but, we're but we answer. cannot just let's establish that we cannot answer them all. <laughs> we, we we do have a surprise. Where we're going to get to some more of them eventually. But yeah. for this segment, we're going to answer one at a time. And this week's question comes from Hunter Shields, and he asks, "Dear Ben, how do you guys choose fish to harvest with conservation in mind, not the legality of it?" So what he means is like you know bag limits aside or creel limits aside. And, you know, legal specifications to which you can take. Mm -hmm. Which ones are you choosing? Joe, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let you lead off, man. Oh, are you? Oh, okay. (laughs) You scared? I ain't scared of this question. Um, And first of all, congrats to Hunter. Congrats, Um, Hunter. Yeah, your first question, man, on uh, the Bent Helpline. So my answer to that, I guess, um, to answer it properly a thing to know about me, right? I've I've never been much of like a a freezer stalker. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there's select fish that I really enjoy that um I like I like having some on hand. I like having it in in the freezer. Mm-hmm. But um I've never been the guy, you know, that that feels the need to always just have my my garage freezer stacked with fish. Yeah. Um I and and you know, some fish freezes better than others, right? We know that, but I I don't know, man. I'm just not, I've never been as quite as excited to eat a piece of fish that's been frozen for a few months as I am to eat it fresh. So I I really enjoy fresh fish. Um, And with that in mind, I tend to uh, lean towards keeping only what I know I'll be able to eat fresh in the near term. Mm. So like striped bass is an example. Um, in my younger days, yeah, dude, I I was I was the guy that would 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 take the forty pounder, you know what I mean, and and uh, take it to the tackle shop for the photo and all that. Yeah, I don't keep very many stripers at all anymore, hardly ever. But if I were going to, purely uh, for the reason that I felt like eating a nice piece of delicious fresh striper, I'd be looking for the one that was like the minimum size I was allowed to take. Mm. Um, you know, and because. Well, because I, I I believe in saving the big breeders, man. I mean, there's so yeah. much striper conservation, uh, so much happening in that arena already. I mean, there's already been laws put in place that you can't come here now and take a trophy fish anymore. That's off the table. Yeah. There's a, a slot limit, and then you can also apply for bonus tags, which actually allow you to keep smaller fish, not bigger fish. Uh, I believe it's you can keep one 24 to 28 inches, something like that. Um Man, I've said this so many times, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. Uh, small fish, uh, to me, always taste better than big fish, uh, you mm. know, especially with white meat fish like a striper or, you know, something like that. Um, so 
yeah, man, if I was going to take one, I'd be looking for the little guy. And I would say this is going to be, you know, one nice meal for, for me and my wife or, or, you know, two nice meals within the same week where I won't even have to freeze that fish. I'm not uh, that interested in having like a freezer full of striper. So I get selective with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is really like conservation wrapped up in like personal ethics as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these limits are put in place, you know, or all these limits are put in place by biologists, right? Like, you know, they've already kind of determined, hopefully, what the resource is able to, like, withstand from, like, a, you know, a take aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, then, like, you know, if you're particularly conservation-minded, then you kind of, like, police yourself into making sure that you're not taking more than you personally like need right Mm -hmm. um now with an individual fish right uh that largely like depends on like the species and it it changes all the time you know are you are you going for something that there are a lot of are you going for something that there are a few of you know like for instance joe's striper example yeah, it's very it's very hard to 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 answer that question and have it be like a blanket answer that that covers all things, right? Because it's just so situational. Like I say, I'm not a freezer stalker, and I'm not, mm-hmm. except with certain things. Um, like as an example, we we've talked a lot lately about tog, the inshore fish that I love to catch here, right? Delicious fish. All they eat is clams, cl- uh, crabs, mussels, and shrimp. Fantastic. Yeah. The season when you can keep the most doesn't open till November and it closes on January 1st. So it's this very short window to even have the opportunity to, to keep a bunch of those fish. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one I think freezes a little better. So when I'm out there in the cold in, in you know, and I, I know I'm only going to have a couple shots to get after those fish in prime season, that's an example of one where I don't mind having a limit. I want no. the limit that time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but that's that's not based so much on on um, anything other than sort of here's your shot to make that happen. I might not eat a piece of tog again until next November. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Same thing with tuna. If I'm putting up the money to run 75 miles offshore and put in a full day like that, yeah, I'm about bringing home my limit of yellowfin because I don't know when I'll get there again. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. But um, to to bring it back real quick, just to like the individual fish, I think like the way that you described how you pick and choose fish in general to take, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think makes a lot of sense. I think that's going to resonate with like a lot of folks. Um, when it comes to like individual fish, my rule of thumb is basically leave the big females alone. Mm-hmm. Leave the big females alone, whether it's could be largemouth bass, could be brown trout, could be stripers you know if if you make sure that the breeding stock is going to be there for next year overall you will have a healthier fishery so let me ask you this i'm just curious right so Mm -hmm. like when you fish for something with a higher bag limit like crappies or or yellow perch you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. are 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 you hoping for that limit each time and i'm 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 learning about you right because we haven't talked about this like yeah are are you are you down to have a, a a freezer full of fish? Like, does that appeal to you? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think the word is fecundity, right? right? Like, it depends on what kind of fish I'm fishing for. If it's perch, yeah, no, I, I I would like to get a bunch of perch. 
And here's the other thing that's like kind of like contradictory to what I just said. I don't mind a bunch of female perch because I like to fry up the rosacks. Sure. You know, I, but I, yeah, I, see, it's like another t- twist in, in the whole thing. Then you look, it, that's why it's so, it's so hard to answer that. You're right. Yeah, but the, the thing though is like nobody's worried about perch stocks. You know, they reproduce at such a rate where that's not really a top tier consideration for wildlife conservation. That's mm-hmm. why the bag limits on perch are so high perch panfish whatever um i I think this is really like a more a question that pertains to things like stripers uh you know to things like trout um you know uh, that sort of deal i mean you know an, an interesting one to think about is paddlefish right sure you can buy uh now paddlefish if you don't know you can only catch them by snagging because they're filter feeders and a lot of times what people hope for is to use their tag on a female paddlefish because of the row and they would they want to make caviar out of it um that said interestingly uh there are also catch and release permits for snagged paddlefish which which i think is like pretty fascinating yeah i i could never figure that out either because i I think it's 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 cool and a cool cultural scene but i mean you know the way you get them is pretty pretty gnarly you know yeah yeah, and then the last thing that I'll say is another thing that can sway me on like whether or not I keep that individual fish is the way that it's hooked. If I put that fish back in the sure. water and I see a puff of blood come out of its gills, I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna the, that one's coming back with me because yeah, I just don't believe that the survival rate is particularly good, and that could be misguided. But you know, if it's legal and the fish is bleeding, I'm gonna bring it in. Yeah, man, and I will say, you know, you sort of said, well, you know, you, you have to consider these things more when you're talking about things like stripers and, and brown trout. The irony in that, though, is, you know, a fish like, like striped bass in particular just hits close to home. Um, there is a huge conservation issue with those right now. Yeah. But people tend to treat trout with, like, those same kid gloves. I think it's fair to say that, by and large, especially with wild trout, there is this reverence of, like, don't eat that. When in reality, there's a lot of places, notable fly destinations in particular, like the Upper Delaware system, um, you know, a lot of places in PA, even even out where you are, there mm-hmm. are rules that allow you to kill trout in these places. Like those trout sure. are not necessarily in trouble at all. There's no conservation issue. It's not like the numbers of trout are are way, way down, yet you're still like an asshole if you catch a 20-inch trout and bonk it. And like, I don't agree with that either. I think it has to do more with focusing on the specific, you know, ecology and like what's happening in that particular stream. And the burden's on you to know that like me taking a large trout out of this system right now could be detrimental to this system. But even in places where it's not, it's like, oh, no, no, don't, don't kill the trout. Don't kill the trout. And I, and I don't kill a lot of trout at all, hardly ever, but I still disagree with that mentality. Like if, if. You know, I was just recently out brown trout fishing. If somebody in that boat that I was on was like, hey, man, can I bonk that and eat the shit out of it? I would have been like, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's legal to do. Yeah. Like, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Well, here's something interesting that happened not too long ago, man. Um, We were fishing. uh, We were trout fishing. And I kept catching these big whitefish. And I Mm -hmm. love to eat whitefish, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. but they were these big spawning fish. I just kept letting them go. 
Um, then my buddy caught like a nice 20 inch rainbow and we bonked it and we ate it. (laughs) 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 So, I mean, you know, a lot of it is like circumstantial, man. Um, I think we did a pretty good job answering this question though. Uh, I I do too. I think my closing thought, like if I could just sum it up, would just sort of be like, um, you know, my advice whenever you're considering taking fish is, I, I I think it's I don't think it's unfair to adopt that mentality of taking what you'll eat soon and you know what you can eat fresh, um, especially if you're talking about something that you have access to. In other words, mm-hmm. you know I don't need to kill a, a limit of this that or the other thing crappies or you know trout or smallmouth because it's not this narrow window where I have that opportunity. It's not your one trip to Alaska a year to catch your halibut or whatever it may be. Um, If you have access to it, I would say be more conservative. You know what I mean? Like take what you need for a meal and you know that you'll get back there soon enough to get more. If you, if you have a hankering for a crappy sandwich, you know what I mean? Yeah. My, my final thought on this is, a lot of times we talk about, you know, considering the species over the individual. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're talking about this question in particular, it's important to consider the individual in the context of the species, like yes. what that fish might mean for that fishery going forward. So just keep that in mind, man. And, uh, yeah. Good yeah. first question, Hunter. We, we thank you. Solid. Um, I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this because we've already like giggled like schoolgirls over potential <laughs> answers to other questions. We're like, oh my God, this question is going to be funny as shit. But um, we started there and uh, that was a lot of fun. So we'll we'll do this again next week. And if you've got a question, DM uh, me on the Insta Slams or, or Hayden or uh, fire it off to bent at com. By the way, we love voice memos. If you want to mm-hmm. send it in that format, you might hear yourself here on the Bent Helpline. Well, that's it, Degenerate Anglers. Please keep those questions coming to bent at com, either an email or a voice memo. Um, and remember, keep sending in those bar nominations, sale bin items, awkward photos, and whatever else you feel like sending in. Yeah, man. Um, drink. Oh, shit, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. That was quick. Uh, 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 yeah, man. And rem- Oh, shit. Drink. <laughs> Anyway, look, remember to keep those Degenerate Angler and Bent Podcast hashtags cranking. Hayden and I love to see what you guys are up to. Uh, We expect Mm -hmm. maybe some hard water, maybe beating up on the local stockies, some winter fly tying. We love it. And, hey, if you want us to see something completely unrelated to fishing that you post, just tag it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. 
Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. 